0: The New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Guerrilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. We are at episode 331. I'm Paul Spain. Jonah McIntyre. Welcome along, Jonah. Great to have you on the show for the first time. Thanks for having us. Now, maybe you can let us know where you fit into this world of technology and startups in New Zealand.
1: Yeah, so relatively new, hence the accent. Uh, I'm one of the founders of a company that uh, relocated ourselves here, put our headquarters into New Zealand, and launched a business here, from which we're now growing overseas.
0: That's exciting. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing about uh, your company about T N X uh, during the episode. Um, but let's let's jump straight into uh, to news stories. We want to uh, hear a little bit about uh, Elon Musk's uh, latest. Uh, Ideas and he's always coming up with new ideas, isn't he? he? Is, yeah, uh, about uh tunneling, um, to uh to improve traffic flow. Um, the idea of um, he's he suggested some concepts around uh tunneling under Los Angeles and and other parts of the world. Uh, we might talk about some um, some flying machines of uh, of sorts. Um a bit of uh, bit of technology that's got somebody into some um, some hot water uh, recently, or it's or it's or it's helped uh, helped prove that they should be in hot water. Uh, we talk about uh, autonomous uh, minivans. We are going to um, dive in and discuss um, what should be done about uh, rogue drone flyers. Uh, been disrupting. Um, um, lights and also is um the digital slr um going to die off and uh, who's winning in the um in the smartphone um market share sort of uh, race so let's start by diving talking about uh elon musk and uh, and his new new concepts um you've seen some of the uh, the video from his uh, his ted talk that's just just taken place um and this kind of blew my mind a little bit um, his his new concept for you know basically tunneling under the yeah. under the under the roads and 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 he 's saying that um, I guess to describe his concept he talks about the idea of of a tunnel um, i guess to start with that the tunnel might be focused on a on a particularly maybe a, a challenging uh, journey so I think he he referenced a uh, a journey from um, Westwood in, uh, in Los Angeles right. to the airport. And this is usually a pretty lengthy yeah. journey. And uh, he was saying with this tunneling and the associated um, electric skates that basically are designed to transport your car, um, that it would be able to get you uh, to the airport in, I think, it was something like six minutes. And so what he's talking about is the idea where you you would pull in your car onto a particular location on the road, then at an appropriate time, your car would be uh, dropped down onto an electric skate uh, that would travel to the appropriate uh, destination around 200 kilometers an hour. Um, so you do away with a whole lot of the issues of with tunnels at the moment. You have to have a lot of ventilation because um, you've you've got all these you know petrol powered uh, and diesel powered vehicles that are going through the tunnels. You need a lot of extra ventilation. Um, you have to have a lot of extra space in the tunnels to account for people's driving and crashes and and scenarios. You, you take that away because once the vehicle's dropped down, it's on this uh, you know uh, skate effectively. That that takes it to its destination nation and that would be electrically uh, powered. Um, the other interesting thing he said was that at the moment tunnelling is a very expensive thing he talked about a figure of a billion uh, US dollars per, per, per mile yeah. um, to, to build a, a, a tunnel um, which you, you equate that back I guess in New Zealand dollars that would be about a billion uh, New Zealand dollars um, or, or close, close to it to build a kilometre yeah. of, of tunnel. Now and that, more
1: and more here, right? I mean, I, yeah. well, it's interesting because yeah.
0: they've they've just built one here in Auckland, which which admittedly hasn't hasn't opened due to you know technology issues or or, or um, safety issues or something. Um, I don't recall the figures being quite quite that big, so mm-hmm. you know I, I'm not sure about the differential. But he's talking about being able to bring you know cut off 90 percent of that cost because of um, improvements in how the tunneling can be done and also because the vehicles wouldn't need as much space as, uh, as traditional tunnels
1: yeah to me it reminds me of classic demand man, demand side management when he describes it he's saying you don't when you build a tunnel you don't buy a tunnel you buy a width you buy a diameter in effect right and so if you can have the diameter you you know the you a quarter, in a, in other words, the area of bore that you have to work through, and so already you've reduced the cost by a, a you know factor of four, and then in kind of classic Musk style, he goes on to pen in, you know pen on back of envelope, uh, describe uh, well we're going to power the we're going to power up better the drills and you know, etc. We're going to we're going to tunnel a down. lot yeah. quicker. Yeah, yeah we're going to yeah, have yeah. S- continuous production instead of staged production and so on and so forth and for a guy who's done it in three separate industries right like look this is not so different from reducing the lifting cost of taking things into space right the, the same thing industry uh, insiders at the time were saying this is crazy you know this is government work it's you know health and safety driven it's projects and now it's uh, no it's it's actually it's landing rocket ships back on a platform Y- you know time and again so. yeah, yeah
0: yeah well i you know i think he's proven he's pretty capable and and as you say um some of the calculations that he um well you know you reference sort of you know calculations and things done on the back of an envelope but uh you know i was um uh, going through his biography recently and you know hearing some of the stories on things that he's able to able yeah. to work out he's he's pretty smart he knows where to get the data from and actually figure these things out and uh, yeah. you know i would i would tend to have a, a a, a fair degree of belief in in what's possible now it might not be you know 100 yeah. accurate and he's and he certainly um you know doesn't always achieve some of the things that he sets out to do at quite the same level but yeah. his achievements uh i think it's fair to say are pretty impressive particularly looking yeah. at uh at space and so on yeah um so yeah i, th- I mean it sounds pretty exciting oh, it's, to, to me yeah, yeah it's yeah.
1: fabulous and it and it's interesting, on the, on the, the themes of today's uh, talk, you've got, how do we solve people moving around? Let's take them underground. How do we solve people moving around? Let's take them up in the air. And then you have, how do we solve people moving around? Let's mm-hmm. autonomize the, the vehicles they're in on the surface. I mean, you, you get this underlying theme of there's something broken and a lot of people trying to fix it. So this is a, it's great to see another ingredient in the mix
0: yeah and i mean for for those of our listeners who are in auckland or or regularly spend spend time in auckland um <laughs> and have been here for some time you know they will they will be and and it 's not just auckland but you know I think the the worst issues are here and when I look back sort of ten years how 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 much uh change has been in terms of uh traffic and why commute this morning was um yeah i mean it was the better part it was the better part of an hour and that's part of your um, day wasn't it um i get to listen to some great content some great you know podcasts um which, which was good but um you know it would be um it would be wrong to say that that had only increased a little bit over the last ten years. It's uh, it's it's at least fifty percent more for for yeah. me uh, when I look back in terms of the commute that distance to um, yeah um, to what it is now. Maybe maybe not all the time, but I um, you know no, yeah. yeah it's it's definitely a problem and it's it's a growing problem around the world. technologies are going to help this aren't they in some in some form some of these things are going to land solutions for us
1: one of the things that's interesting uh there's a there's been a couple sources i've read recently so one was an economist article um and another was uh where did i read that oh uh algorithms to live by uh and both of them talk about the finding a parking spot problem actually scales exponentially so so it, when you double the cars, you don't double the time it takes to find a, a, a parking spot. You you, you, quadru, you quadruple it. Yeah, that, that's uh, not good, is it? Right, and and so um uh they they did a study in uh, I think it was Stuttgart in Germany that more people when they they just stopped cars at, at random and were doing this survey on the road, and more people were looking for a parking spot than were driving to a destination. So it's more than fifty percent of the cars on driving down a road on a not a not a they didn't stop people in a parking garage you know I mean they stop people on our road and uh, when you get to that situation you start wondering another statistic I saw uh, related to this is the average car in the US moves for 50 minutes a day I mean 50 minutes a day and then it spends 23 hours and 10 minutes idle So you combine this. It's the second most expensive aspect of a personal's person's expenses is transport. Second most expensive um, part of their their budget. The fact it's well underutilized, and then it scales exponentially in terms of um, the you know the the impact on the community as everyone adds them uh, that's why so many people want to solve the problem i've been in commutes where i wanted to dig a tunnel you're kidding <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fly up in the air anything get me there
0: i always dream of <laughs> of of flying um which brings us on there's been a bit of coverage often under this the headline of um of flying cars i think it was the verge in the last few days um you know published a story saying why are we calling them flying cars they're not uh uh they're 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 not generally uh you know flying flying cars it's the it's the wrong uh it's the wrong name but it does seem that there are a bunch of uh companies now that are you know really active in that yeah. uh in that space whatever we um whatever you know you'd like to uh to to term them um because it's yeah there's there's certainly dice rolls maybe what's that dice rolls dice rolls just kidding (laughs) (laughs) um in terms of picking yeah. yeah um but it's it's you know the idea seems to be quite focused now on uh vehicles that can take off vertically as well so you know rather than a car with wings that would go you know need a need a runway and so on um you know we're we're really really talking of um you know of vehicles that could uh you know can can you know take off from uh, from a standstill uh vertically and yeah there's there's a bunch of cars uh there are a bunch of companies that are that are working on it and uh uber of course, is one of those firms that are uh, that are that are making some uh, um, some noises about their yeah. um, their interest in the space, and that uh, that you know they've they've got a um, they've got a partner al- already, Embraer um, in Brea in, uh, in Brazil that they're uh, they're partnering up with uh, on this concept. I think it was uh, CES either this year or last year that they did a little bit of a um, you know. One of their things that they they do for uh, free publicity, primarily, but they partnered up, uh, I think, with a helicopter, yeah, um, yeah, um, you know, um, service in uh, uh, Las Vegas, and we're flying, you know, flying people around, yeah. which was uh, is kind of, kind of cool, um, but it's really cool. the the <laughs> the idea of actually having that as an option, yeah. and for us to be able to, you know. Walk out of here after we've finished doing this podcast and to be able to you yeah. know go up on the roof and have a have an uber um, you know pick pick each of us up or pick us both up and you know drop us at an appropriate destination yeah. without dealing with traffic um, i can um, I'd be quite keen about that if if it were in if any way affordable and and actually doable yeah um, I, what I, what do you I, think I, around these these these
1: concepts i mean i have some uh i have some cr- sort of critical suspicions about this i mean one thing is so i used to uh work at a company where our office in new york w- faced um effectively w- it was on water Street so it faced wall street and it's where the day traders would come in by helicopter from their mansions in the hampsons uh that was a hundred and hundred and fifty thousand dollars commute for them to and. They couldn't take luggage. They could take a briefcase. If they took luggage, it costs more. Uh, and mo- a lot of that is attributable to the the lift cost. I mean, it is expensive to get into the air and get down. It's expensive to maintain regulatory compliance, to have a trained you know pilot. And so I'm I'm a bit skeptical. How much was that figure? One hundred and fifty thousand dollar commute. It was one hundred and fifty. If you were doing that, you you, you were spending one hundred and fifty thousand dollars on a, on the commute. And what was great on was one commute. Uh, well, no, no, no. On over the year, okay. so, you, you, so okay. that's what you're you're yeah, paying so for the service, right? Right. Um, yep. um, so I, I, I'm a bit skeptical. A bit skeptical about the the logistics of replacing, uh, ground transportation with air transportation. So I think the best case scenario would be that it's a novelty, similar to, um, well, actually, similar to let, let's let's be positive thinkers and say it's the novelty compared to the the Roadster, the first Teslas. They were rich people's toys, very nice, well-made, high-end vehicles that effectively financed the next generation, and those were pretty expensive themselves, and they financed the next generation. And they weren't perfect either, were they? No, they were not. and 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 like I'm sure that you they need to get yeah, pretty close yeah. to perfect with any sort of a flying machine can yeah. have a person off yeah that's right that's right i mean I've looked at some of these and you th- like uh some of these and you think well yeah they they seem interesting as ho- as kind of hobby hobbyist vehicles, but as workhorses that are are running uh you know twenty three hours a day like an, a commercial jet is i mean
0: uh,
1: i I doubt it for the time being but
0: hmm.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's interesting times ahead that we've
0: got a number of companies that are, you know, playing in this space. The the fact that, you know, the very small drones are now are now so accessible, yeah. you know, we've seen, I guess, a little bit of experimentation in a um, a Chinese company that, you know, has yeah. shown off their their autonomous sort of single-person-carrying yeah. drone. Uh, I'm not sure that's ever actually carried a, a person, and uh, I probably wouldn't <laughs> be very, very, very... A very nervous very, person. Yeah, very, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be very game to uh, <laughs> to go in it. I'm not sure they've kind of got that far yet. But it is very interesting <laughs> yeah. as we move into a world of also electric-powered aircraft. Yeah. Um, and, there, you know, there's been a whole lot of coverage as well around... Um, Electric planes, yeah. you know, and what changes that they might they might bring to uh, to air travel. Yeah, and you know, when, when we look at it at the moment, you know, usually you know, people are getting on a on a you know on a bigger plane, going you know specific routes that maybe don't get them exactly where they need to be, and then yeah. smaller flights and so on. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of talk around this future generation of um, Electric powered jets that yeah. would uh, would really open things up and you know more direct routes with smaller flights that would actually be yeah. really cost uh, cost effective and certainly uh, I think the last mention I heard was saying look this type of uh, air transport will be lower cost than mm-hmm. train travel yeah um, so I don't know there's there's interesting things ahead in terms of air travel but yeah. exactly what what lands and what can uh, what can be pulled off. I think we've probably got uh, we've got a little little more waiting to come. <laughs> um, now there was a um an in- interesting uh story that uh that came through around a man who was uh charged with murder after uh, her Fitbit contradicted his uh, his timeline um um, of a, of events this is uh, in Connecticut in the in the US yeah. and I just thought it was uh you know it was rather interesting because you know we we've had we have a lot of um you know discussion around privacy around yeah. you know worry about sort of big brother watching us and you know all of these things but um actually we've got a lot of mechanisms what we share on social media yeah. um the gadgets and devices we use that are actually you know collecting huge amounts of info and that's that's without all the uh you know the the security cameras and so on that are uh, that are scattered around um but in this case it's it seems as though um the the um yeah the supposed uh Murderer who sort of thought his, um, um, yeah, situation was, uh, he was, he was pretty much covered. Um, yeah, seem, seems as though the evidence retrieved from uh, his wife's fit but
1: has, uh, has proved otherwise. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I, like, I see this as a continuum where, uh, or a continuation of kind of historical trends. I mean, there were, there were times when the first answering machines came out or the first cell phones came out. And I, I remember stories about a crime being averted or a crime being solved based on somebody's cell phone, for example, where five years earlier such a thing wouldn't have been possible. What, what I think of in that trend is this really interesting point that's going to come eventually where uh, strategies, uh, pers- personal choices, strategies that people have today that involve um, lying in effect – Become just untenable. So, like, it might be on big things like did I murder somebody. (laughs) I think the more interesting ones will be on things like uh, you know lying about not understanding that you were supposed to do a task at your job, and where there's just this ubiquitous, common, shared recording of the environment where you're like, well, well, like one second, right? Let's go back to the live recording that every meeting room has for every meeting, and if we've got good search and and indexing on that we can say can we show all the action items right and it's you're there right and then you're looking at yourself saying i'll do that actually it's like if you know that if you're trained if you if your your life has come up through in a time when ubiquitous recording of what you do is sort of the status quo then i think that cuts out a lot of the strategies of just being dishonest right and that's in I know that that sounds scary. That's also a, a an interesting, like, that's a future I would want to live in where being dishonest is kind of eliminated as a strategy because everyone knows it won't work. Not necessarily because it's a big brother enforcing it, but because we all know that I'll be able to come back to be like, but wait. wait. Yeah, that's you know? that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, so when I heard this, I was like, well, unfortunate someone died, of course, um, and terrible for that family. Uh, but it 's sort of a pro- from in my mind it 's like yeah that's a that 's been happening for a while, and where it 's going to is a very interesting place mm.
0: well and um, certainly in this case there's there 's been a you know a, a good benefit of um you know the the pieces of technology that were basically able to um uh you know prove his story was uh, right uh, was wrong based on you know times and various other bits and pieces of information it wasn't uh, it wasn 't just a fit, fitbit as the um as the headline said, but you know that that was part of it to to you know prove that uh, his wife was active at a you know a, a yeah. certain time and uh, and so on, which was um, yeah I, th- I thought was was rather interesting and yeah it does leave me wondering what things we'll see in the future and that yeah. uh, that concept you su- suggest of uh, you know all our meeting rooms recording information and so on. Yeah. Um, yeah, that you know, probably will become quite uh, uh, quite standard. There'll be a you know, transcript of the meeting that the, the technology just takes of uh, of every of every yeah. uh, scenario. Because uh, why wouldn't you? Unless you choose to turn it off because you want to have yeah. some sort of off the record uh, discussions. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Now, uh, part of um, Google, well, what was Google is, is now uh, Waymo. Um so this is the aut- aut- what was the autonomous uh you know vehicle mm-hmm. uh team at Google. Uh they have moved a whole bunch of uh, focus to Arizona where the legislation is or the 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 rules are such uh that that they're um they're able just to go ahead with their um, self-driving testing yeah. without too much interference from uh local local government and so i think they had something like a 100 a uh vehicles already of uh self-driving uh minivans and they've uh, they've announced they're adding uh, 500 uh more to that these are uh Chrysler uh Pacifica minivans and they are basically going to be going out on the road and uh, on the roads and um, giving people uh, um, transport for free. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a pretty big scale, isn't it? I mean, we 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 we've been talking for a long time around autonomous vehicles. Yeah, um, and these are still going to have a, a driver of sorts in there to make sure there's not an issue. But um, that's a that's a pretty big commitment putting that number of, of yeah. vehicles on the road. So. Yeah. Do you think that's a sign that we're getting very cl- very close now yeah. to the reality where they can take those people out of the seats?
1: Yeah. And and even if they don't take the people out of the seats, uh you, you know, you're still you're still doing something uh, like so let's say the person stays in the seat for cultural and political and legal reasons, responsibility reasons. You're still doing something pretty incredible, right? Uh it's interesting. When I was, I was, when I saw this article, I was thinking just another good example of how, uh, public policy influences where innovation happens. You know, like yeah. Arizona is the place in the U S that was the first to say, okay, we'll, we'll issue licenses, you know, license plates, regos to, um, um, to, uh, autonomous vehicles. Right. And as a result, their community gets autonomous vehicle kind of presence first. Uh, uh, Australia was the first place that allowed, um, you know, commercial drones to fly without um, without serious restrictions. Like, so they got f- kind of first crack at that technology. And uh, yeah, may, I, it, in terms of New Zealand, I'm like, okay, so what is New Zealand going to be known for in ten years? I mean, what, what in ten years are we going to look back and say, well, of course they did that in New Zealand because that's where you do. Uh, you know genetic development i don't know that's where you do that thing right it's interesting isn't
0: it because you know and it's certainly a discussion i've you know i've had before in the media around you know important for new zealand to gear ourselves up to be yeah. you know places for some of these types of developments but some of them more more naturally especially you know when you talk about waymo you look they're you know they're based in california and yeah. so on you could see why it's much easier step for them to be um yeah. you know doing it you know, anywhere in the US, Arizona yeah. obviously being uh, being pretty close for them. Yeah. Um, compared to say coming to New Zealand or Australia or or another market, you know, not, not that this type of technology isn't being tested in other markets as well. Sure. Um. And you know, drones and 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 so on. But yeah, certainly, I think you know we have to uh, make sure from a, a governmental perspective that um, the the rules. Can accommodate these yeah. new opportunities and developments so yeah, yeah. definitely definitely an agreement on um, on that one so this is a, so we 're talking about yeah five to six hundred uh, vehicles i 'm curious do you do you have any thoughts on th- is that number a number that is that is so high because that 's a pre- it 's a pretty big investment yeah. obviously google have got uh, uh, or Alphabet have got deep uh, deep pockets. Sure, um, but do you think at that sort of number that they're likely to flick a switch to a paid paid service, or is that just a number that would be be researched? I've I've been pondering it, and yeah, I'm, and I'm uh, I'm not sure either way. But that's that's a, that's a that's a pretty big investment in vehicles.
1: Yeah, I mean it's interesting. I know that uh, I know that the the sort of moonshot lab at at Google or at Alphabet. Um, that they often have a mindset of will like ultimately will this help us understand the people doing search better so that we can serve up advertising right that's more relevant for them and if you look at things like like why did they add maps you know what does that have to do with anything well it's like well if we know where you're going then we can a lot better about it's all about relevance right like why do we have email well it's like there's a lot of text going through your through google uh, gmail and it drives relevance and so all these features sort of build out further and further relevance it comes back to the question are they going to charge for the service or are they going to monetize the service through having higher relevance about your life i mean you're in a google let's say you're in a google driven car you're in kind of their space uh, and they know where you are at that, like, you know, they're building a, comp- a much deeper composite view of you if they're moving you around physically as well as a touch point through most of your internet interactions. I-, I would guess that they're not going to pay, they're not going to charge for it. That would be my guess. Mm-hmm. Some of the most valuable software that I use in my life uh, would be f- would be free to at point of service from from people like google absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. If, if google charged me for search i would pay for it in a heartbeat but mm. they don't they charge mm. someone else to use my data coming That's off of search That's it. yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be a really interesting one to uh to continue following so we will uh we'll see where that goes and and i guess in the scheme of it for them um you know, it's only probably only a few you know 500 vehicles it's yeah small millions for for them it's not a it's not a yeah. it's not a big uh, yeah. investment in something which is a much bigger longer longer term play
1: I mean, even if they're 20k each that's a million right you're not getting yeah i mean it's not going to uh, they're they're probably spending well over a million on the staffing cost. so the 500 number is kind of but it's interesting cuz that indicates they want to test scale right you don't need you don't need 500 vehicles if you're testing concept you need 500 vehicles if you're testing concept of of a fleet yeah right not concept of the vehicle so that must indicate they feel pretty confident about the single vehicle experience and they're trying to figure out how to ensemble the the vehicles yeah
0: and maybe yeah maybe how it works once they're collecting all that data and you know yeah. all, all of those other benefits yeah it's it's interesting now back to the uh back to back to drones. So I saw some coverage saying that uh DJI who are the the biggest uh drone drone maker uh have put out a $145,000 bounty uh on drone pilots that were uh disrupting flights and In April, from uh, mid-April, I think, 14th through to the 21st, um, there were drone pilots that were flying uh, flights near an international airport, uh, Chengdu, which is a part of China. I've visited some, um, oh, it would have been about six years ago. Um, And they said it caused more than 100 flights to make unscheduled landings or returns uh, impacting something like ten thousand passengers. Uh, this is the first I've heard of any sort of disruption on that that sort of scale. Yeah. Um, and this particular um, story, story came up on a on a on a site that covers uh, drone stuff. Uh, I am pro drone. Um, which i haven 't come across before, so you know i can 't be a hundred percent sure on on all of the details of the coverage. Had uh, had you heard about this before? Had you heard about a uh yeah. lot of flights being impacted?
1: Yeah, I mean I've heard about impacts on uh commercial aviation from like laser pointers, right? Yeah. And and from and from drones. But not um, a lot, right? I mean to hear no, of this impacting no. ten thousand passengers is uh, no. pretty full on. But but what was interesting, I I mean it, like for me, I hear about that, it's it sounds like a band aid on a deeper issue, which is um I, like uh, I've read uh, some articles about uh, the potential for drones as, as sort of terrorist type weapons or you, you've of got, course. right. So you've got, cause I imagine an, a commercial airliner hits a drone and the drones just dust, right. Except for if the drone's not just a drone, right. <laughs> like if the drones, a a bomb or a li- even a small bomb and it gets in the path of a, of a airliner, then you have a different, a different outcome. And so, I, I'd heard uh, uh, an example of well, we've got these, um, we've got these great. Uh, various countries have these in the uh, in the world have these great like anti ballistic missile um, or anti missile interceptors, but they're like a hundred thousand dollars a shot. If someone's flying drones, you, you know those are fifty dollars a piece, maybe a hundred dollars. You, you have to have a that's too asymmetric. You have to have another way to take. Another way to save airspace from drones, in effect, and so offering a bounty on kind of these lone flyers—that uh, sounds like a Band-Aid to a deeper problem. Yeah, and you know, probably a publicity, uh, you know, thing to some degrees for
0: for DJI. Also, yeah. you know, they want to be associated with good use of drones, not yeah. bad. You know, their whole business is geared up around it. Uh, but it, it did make it did make me wonder whether if these sorts of issues. Continue and yeah. You know, in recent days, um, you know, I spent a little bit of time looking at uh, some some and discussing some uh, videos that have been released uh, by a Deputy Prime Minister in Russia that was showing off a RoboCop yeah. autonomous uh, and an autonomous tank, and so you've you've got some you know concerns about I guess the the, the negative uses of the technology, yeah and it makes me wonder if these sorts of issues keep occurring we could move into a time when you know drones in general are either virtually banned entirely or it could be a situation where if you want to take a drone up you've got a whole lot of hoops to jump through in terms of logging your flight path maybe it's you know you've got to have a certified drone that's going to fly each one has a digital fingerprint right you know, a whole range of things so whenever a drone's up it's always known whose drone it is where it comes from right etc etc if those things don't match up then you yeah. know especially if it's near an airport then it gets uh it's, it's taken it down gets, yeah. gets, gets taken out yeah uh, i think it was the japanese actually some a um, couple of years ago that demonstrated a, a police drone that's designed to be able to take other drones down, drop a net over them or something. Yeah. Um,
1: so, but yeah. Think, I mean, it's interesting. Do you think, how would you... I find this fascinating. I, I mean, because I, I, it comes to this question of you, 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 you either enforce it by blocking people from being able to get the drones to begin with. This is like gun control, right? You've got, you've got you stop the gun control at its source or you punish it so intensively that the only people who are risk doing it are the ones who really intend to to, to you know to do bad and um, and then you're down to a kind of a, an outright kind of confrontational you know they, they want the gun to do something bad you you're trying to stop them right and with drones, it's like hey, you can build a drone with over the counter components pretty easily uh, that one's kind of cat out of the bag, I think. I mean i don't know what you think but i i I have it's pretty hard right yeah
0: yeah how how you could how you could do that so um yeah no it's it's certainly one that yeah i I don't know how you know how it will land in fact there there was a video i think it actually went viral recently of somebody that took uh drone into maybe it was morocco um and you know they just uh, they just got some awesome uh awesome footage mm-hmm. and that but they were sort of saying oh yeah we you know we sneaked this drone footage but you know i was thinking oh you know how annoying would that be that you're not uh, um yeah you're not able to uh you're not able to get uh you know drone drone footage in uh, oh yeah it's amazing um, in, in morocco now i'm i'm not uh i 'm um, not quite sure if i 've got that one um, that one right in terms of the the location, uh, but for those watching the video, i think uh will might uh, might might drop some moroccan uh, uh, drone drone, uh, drone footage up in there um, uh, a very cool place to visit by the way um, but um you know on on that front well you know we don 't care too much when you know far off countries have those sorts of uh, limitations but if that yeah. hits us here then we we start to, yeah um you know not being quite so relaxed about it so um i mean i guess we can uh we can certainly hope that uh, we don't see too many of these sorts of issues ongoing and uh you know yeah. this is this is something that gets addressed pretty quickly and and easily but you know ultimately there may have to be some some new structures put in place yeah, if if we see uh, a, a, a recurrence of this type of thing.
1: Yeah, we haven't seen, I mean, what's interesting, we haven't really seen a weaponized, we haven't seen weaponized drones in a, a terrorist attack. We have seen weaponized vehicles. So we've seen people drive into crowds in Europe in, uh, what, at least four occasions now in the last year. And I think that that example raises the question of, well, that's also cat out of the bag you can't you can't blockade every road so that in such a way that no car could get into you know could hurt pedestrians and you can't eliminate people from car you know so you're in this sort of well where are we back to then i I feel like drones is almost at that level already where you you just can't eliminate supply so there's got to be another methodology yeah yeah no yeah
0: well i th- I mean, I think the thing is, is you know not to be fearful, there are all sorts of things that can happen today and and in most places they just don't happen in most places we're pretty yeah. safe um you know large majority of of situations where you know we're at more uh risk today of you know dying from jumping in a vehicle than, yeah. than just about anything else yeah um so you know I think when we when we discuss these topics, it is it's really important to actually yeah, you know, step back yeah. and, <laughs> and to view them from, from those perspectives yeah. as well. Yes, you know, we don't like hearing any situation where, where people are impacted negatively by a particular use of technology or, um, you know, we, 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 we think through what could be, you know, terrorist, yeah. um, you know, uses of technology. But, uh, yeah. yeah, realistically, I think, uh, generally, we're in a pretty good stead,
1: so. Yeah. 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 Our, our lives are better off. I mean, yeah, think of all the great, indu- not just hobbyists, but industrial uses of drones that are already going on. I mean, I know in from past experience, people do things like do great automated surveys of their of their land so that they can better plan the use of, you know, irrigation and whatnot. Uh, all kinds of stuff. Uh, it's just it's just like you said, there's maybe a maybe a possibility, but let's not overreact to you know could be
0: now a few a few days ago um maybe a couple of weeks ago i i got um, some communications from sony around their new camera their new a9 and this uh seems to be creating quite a bit of stir out there and stuff ran with the headline will the sony a9 kill dslr cameras or digital slr
1: um, you know, cameras.
0: Do you have a digital SLR? Is it yeah. you use? Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, I have one. I, 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 think like many people, I at some point, digital cameras came into such quality and price that I was like, well, it's a little expensive, but um, you know, yeah. But then, uh, then four or five years later, I've got a smartphone that takes photos that are absolutely good enough for most uses, and it's in my pocket. Uh, more often, than it should be right, like I mean everyone carries a phone all the time, so yeah, yeah. so my my therefore, my great digital camera it sits at home pretty much unused yeah
0: yeah, yeah. well i mean i I certainly enjoy using and and i would i shouldn 't call my camera a digital SLr because it looks like it is, but it is a sony, which means it is using their their mirrorless um, technology mm. and and that 's you know one of the things with their with their a nine but the the a nine does some does some interesting uh things it, it is a mirrorless camera but then it's able to um dominate i guess the the flagship cameras from Canon and 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 Nikon uh from num- in a number of regards you know can shoot mm-hmm. uh 20 frames per second of of um you know still photography at i think 24 megapixels okay um which you know blows the the, take it out of the sporting event yeah the the other ones out out of the water yeah i mean sports where you want those amazing high quality stills yeah and yeah you can shoot through at that sort of pace it's um you know it's it's pretty stunning so um there's probably a whole lot we could go into to discuss there but I think we'll we'll leave that discussion and maybe dive into it um, more another day and maybe once we've had a chance to have a play around with the um, the a9 from uh, from Sony because I'm actually pretty keen to uh, to hear about uh, TNX uh, uh, since you're, since you're here and to, and to hear a little bit about the story why you've you know chosen New Zealand to be uh, to be the base sure and um, and and what actually is it that uh, yeah. that you're doing?
1: Yeah. So uh, so I'll just give you the, the elevator pitch. Right. Um, so what does TNX do? So uh, uh, commercial trucking and transportation in, in developed countries is, is, is a big part of the economy. It's like five percent of GDP. Right. So in New Zealand, that's uh, over six billion uh, New Zealand dollars where one company pays another company to transport something for them uh, around the country uh and so that's all the trucks you see on the road it's a big part of employment uh it's a very important part uh of the of the labor market in in fact and it's about 10 percent of carbon emissions So it's, it's also a big part of the environmental impact and for all that it's really inefficient and it's really inefficient for some for some kind of basic reasons there's not a lot of um There's not a a, a whole lot of mystery to it in the sense that there's just trucks running empty that don't or partially empty that that don't need to. So, give you some some stats behind that in uh, New Zealand, the average truck is running 40% empty. So, um, that's a little better than the worldwide average, which is 50% empty. It's still pretty astounding. And that's just counting the trucks that are rolling on the roads. There's also a lot of trucks that are idle. You know, a, a a truck really ought to be operated the way that airlines operate their their planes, where they count the minutes that they're not flying per day, right? Uh, New Zealand uh, has a, a driver shortage, so they're most of the trucks are are empty, um, are empty and still overnight. Anyway, what T nex does is we attack uh, this problem of uh, trucks finding cargo or cargo finding finding trucks. Uh, so just like you've got Trade me, just like you've got future market markets for, uh, for commodities, uh, it's a marketplace uh, where the two sides can come together, uh, strike a deal that's uh, good for both of them, and then execute against that deal. And then we centrally clear the transaction. So we pay the car- we uh, pay the carrier and we invoice the cargo owner. It sounds really simple and it is, but it makes big difference. Uh, for an industry that's um, runs at pretty thin margins, usually, uh, streamlining, improving, keeping the truck a little more full makes all the difference for the, especially for the small carriers that are that are all over the country.
0: So, where where are you at in your process? Why have you chosen New Zealand, and yeah. you know, where else in the world are you um, focused on?
1: Yeah. So we. Uh, Sort of tack those like we started the business about a year ago in January uh, two thousand and sixteen. We built out a proof of concept for uh, the first half of the year during that time, we decided to um, to start in New Zealand as a pilot market, so all the founders are from outside of New Zealand and uh, there 's a lot of people trying to solve this problem worldwide it's just it 's just such a large, unanswered issue, just like the other stories we talked about today that everyone wants to find a way to solve it. And there's a lot of different ideas about how to do that. So we thought, well, let's not stay in the U.S. or Europe where we, there's a lot of competition. Let's uh, go someplace a little bit secluded. Uh, it's like a boot camp, right? Kind of get strong and then come back and attack these larger markets. Well, about the same time, uh, we when we were looking around, what would that market look like? We sort of started thinking about New Zealand. It's like New Zealand's an English-speaking advanced economy it's kind of a goldilocks markets not too- saying nice stuff yeah yeah <laughs> well, that's true it's, it, I mean, we're here for a reason right it's it's small enough that we can cover it with kind of just the founders doing outreach yeah it's large enough that it matters it's not we're not going to give it up when we're when we're done um piloting and uh uh we found that the reaction people's been really good uh so all those things came together we moved half the team here in july and then uh, we've been kind of testing from September through December, and we went live in January. So we've been live for about four months. Yeah, and uh, now recently we've started um, selling into Europe and in the and the US as well. So we're we got the I think we got the product right. We got the teams building out, uh, getting larger. We're ready to go attack those other markets. So
0: right now you can, you can work with existing providers without them having to change change too much they can sort yeah. of you know plug into your marketplace so it sort of augments so if they've got a you know they've got trucks that are you know say averaging that 60 percent yeah uh full you know type scenario plus they're they're putting themselves out on yeah. on your marketplace that maybe will will help them fill those trucks up a little bit more in some cases
1: yeah that's right um so I mean, the irony is, is that you often have. Well, you you have every day. You have situations where the truck's running empty when it could when it could have picked up something. It just didn't know it was there. And the cargo, you know, the guy on the other side is paying a trucking company to probably run empty on the return, uh, if that makes any sense. So, like, I'll give you an example. Um, last weekend, we had somebody put in. Um, we had one company put in a uh, cargo that they wanted to move from Auckland to new Plymouth. And there was another company that had uh, cargo going from new Plymouth to, um, to Hamilton and then from Hamilton to Taronga. And if those were all treated individually, the, the carrier would be, would be obliged to tell the cargo owner, Hey, I don't have anything to get me back home. I may find something, but I may not. So I got to factor that risk in. That's like, I need an insurance policy. So you're not going to just pay for the kilometers that I drive you're going to pay for like 25 50% chance that I don't have anything to bring me home. Yeah. So and why 25 50% cuz 40% of the time they run empty. So that's real, right? Like that's not they're not just fleecing people. That's that's their life. Yeah. So uh so what what happened is, is each of those cargo owners put their cargo into TNX really simple process and they're basically offering it out to the carrier community. Now that's the that's like the basic infrastructure and then underneath that what tnx has is we have sort of a optimization kind of agent community optimization that's trying to stitch those jobs together automatically and offer them out not just as single loads but as a continuous move to keep the truck running full so if we grow and we you know we do our job right we can just keep the truck running full like just keep it moving and Everywhere it's going, we're offering them like a recommendation recommendation engine, like an Amazon or something. We're offering them like, hey, we know you're going to be in New Plymouth tomorrow. Do you want to go from New Plymouth to this, or maybe over here? You know, and then once they pick that one, okay, we know where you're going to be now. Like, do you want to go from there to someplace else?
0: Yeah, sounds um, sounds pretty logical. It makes a lot of sense autonomous vehicles coming into the mix um competitors coming into the mix how you know how how would you
1: pick things are going to look five five years out well there's a there are a lot of competition uh one of the interesting things we see with competition is that um uh Every, everyone else except for us who comes into the space and tries to organize the market is trying to, to also take a cut of the buy-sell difference. So in other words they, they are naturally on one side or the other so I'll give you an example uh, like Amazon's trying to organize their uh, trucking marketplace but they're the buyer of the trucking services like they it's not to organize other people's. So it's to organize their own cargo and they're a major mover of cargo so it's a big marketplace Uber Freight's one of our competitors in the U.S they they are the buyer of the services from the trucking company and they sell the service, just like, just like with Uber rides as a passenger, you don't know what the driver's being paid, right? They make their money in the on the middle. So one of the things I think that's interesting that'll shape up is, do we end up in a situation where uh, a single entity is organizing this whole big sector or a lot of the sector or do we have n- neutrality? And so TNX wants there to be neutrality we we don't take a cut of the buy sell difference we're more like a we're more like a future exchange uh where we just organize the process we don't necessarily take a uh, we we don't have a position in what the price should be locally there really isn't any competition to be honest um there's other ways of doing business, you know. You, you, uh, agents who pride themselves on being able to find matching loads and stuff, but they're doing it with the phone and email. Um, there's no one else approaching it with the technology. a technology. Ton- yeah. it will certainly seem as
0: yeah. though, though, you know, this is the sort of thing that that technology should be applied to. That's right. Um, you know, a great, a great opportunity to to a, to improve results for you know for everyone. Yeah. Certainly, good if we can lessen up. The number of trucks that need to be on the road to, that's right. you know, to make the deliveries, uh, but yeah, you know, of course, these things do have a, have an impact on, on employment. Do you know how many truck drivers there are um, in New Zealand at the moment?
1: Yeah, there's uh, um, there's about I want to get this number right. I want to say it's between fifty and seventy thousand um, truck drivers in New Zealand. Depends a bit on, so you can be driving around a van maybe, and that's a commercial vehicle. You know, it's not the same thing as the large heavy trucks but you see on the road. But that would be within that number. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. W- one of the things that's interesting is a lot of times people compare us to Uber and Uber does many things as part of their business model, but one of the biggest tricks they play is they, um, they increase supply because instead of taxis, you now have taxis and everyone who wants to make a little bit of, you know, pocket money, uh, whereas in the in the formal sort of commercial transportation sector, that just isn't a reality. The, the number of trucks on the road will remain the same or drop if we organize it well. Uh, the number of drivers, it's a profession, you know, it's a, it's something you get trained for. It's not something that you, you kind of drift into and then drift out, um, just because there's an app. So it's a, it's a different, you know, it's a different area. Um, it has that sense of Uber of bringing in technology to solve what looks like a pretty antiquated you know, model. The way these, and just to like give you an example, the way that a person would, know, if you're a truck driver and the, and you get yourself out of your core region because someone sends you down to Christchurch and you're usually operating the North Island, you start just calling people, and uh, the people you're calling are sitting usually in a back office with pen and paper, maybe Excel the last big innovation in the back office process of, of transport took place when Excel and email came along. It's been 20 years. You could take someone from 20 years ago, put them in that office and they would do exactly the same. Yeah. So it's a, so it's an area that is ready to be improved. It's yeah, it's right yeah. for some disruption and change. Yeah, isn't
0: it? yeah, yeah. Oh, that's uh, that's exciting. So um, how do, how do you make your money at the moment? How does that yeah. work in the transaction?
1: Yeah, so we charge both sides uh, two dollars basically uh, for very small um, quantities. Like if you if it's just going across Auckland, it scales down, so it's it's less expensive. But it's basically two dollars to each side. Yep. And um, in terms of how people interact with you, yeah.
0: what, is that, what does that look like? How how far down the track are you? I mean, imagine all of this stuff could be, um, you know, you could put APIs in place so people right. can basically automate all of their interactions yeah. uh, with you, apps and so on. Yeah. So yeah. Where, how does that look right now?
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, about 40% of the interactions are done through mobile apps right now on, on mobile devices. Um, there's a, a couple companies that integrate with our API. We have public RESTful APIs. Um, it's a technical term there, sorry. And uh, uh, and then the rest are using a browser connecting to a, a web app. Um, we do think about it as transport APIs. And we think about it as sort of converting transport into... A, a callable service, uh, in technical terms, and uh, the people mostly come to TNext. I mean, there's, we we reach out to companies because we try to we try to get people in. But uh, you can go to our website. We have a sandbox environment that you can get into with like no no effort, and it's as real as the live market. You just can't accidentally commit yourself to a bunch of freight. Uh, and if people like it, which so they have have been have been liking it, then they can sign up for the live market, uh, with a couple of clicks. That's, That's great. That's yeah. excellent.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, uh, best, best of luck and,
0: um, Thanks. look, look forward to, uh, you know, hearing where to from here. Um,
1: I'm curious, how are you funded by the way? So, uh, all of our invest so we have investors, all of our investors are, uh, New Zealand individuals or companies or, uh, venture funds. So we did two investment rounds in New Zealand. We're still, by international standards, we're pretty capital lean. Uh, you know, our competitors are, are sort of often like 10x, funded at 10x our size. But uh, even at that level, we think we're outperforming them on, on, on product. Uh, the, the latest investment round was in September, and it, it brought together a, a really a good who's who list of, of New Zealand investors. We're pretty happy about that.
0: That's fantastic. That's uh, that's that's really good. Yeah, excellent. Well, thank you very much for uh, for joining this episode of New really Zealand Tech it. Podcast. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Now, where do people track you down online? Are you uh, are you
1: on social media at all? We are or- Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, smoke signals. Uh, we do it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, in all seriousness, we've got both company and personal uh, pages. Jonah McIntyre uh, LinkedIn Facebook TNX on Twitter Facebook and uh, LinkedIn as well
0: that's great all right yeah. well thanks for joining the show and um, listeners want to track me down uh, at Paul Spain on, on Twitter uh, if you want to catch our, uh, our live videos that we're doing for most of the episodes uh, now then that's it um, you can follow me facebook.com slash Paul Spain um, or facebook.com/ NZ Tech podcast. Um, yeah, that's us for, uh, for this week so thanks everyone for listening in, sorry we missed an episode last week, I was, uh, I was away on holiday um, overseas and I wasn't very well on the day where I would have oh. liked to have produced a podcast but back into it and we'll look forward to catching you all again next week, alright, see ya The New Zealand Tech Podcast brought to you by Guerrilla Technology, proactive and
1: strategic IT